We have three sizes. We, not so we, and friggin' huge! Broadcasting from a subterranean location just outside of our nation's capital. It is the Naptown Underground. Are you ready? Let's get it on! Welcome to the Naptown Underground, Jamie dude, Ragsdale. I am so happy to be here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we go so far back. Dude, I mean, I don't think people, well, of course people don't know. Can uh-huh. you get that light behind yeah, you? Just twist it. There you go. Ooh. Is that one? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Little um, light action. Nice. To give, to give a little backstory to the listeners, mm-hmm. uh, you and I met each other at the bus stop. Yes. At the bus stop. Probably the fourth grade. Yeah. Wow. And then we were we were like swinging off trees, just jumping around. in the water. Yeah. What else? Like, <laughs> dude, I remember amazing. what I remember from back then is uh, the Jerky Boys. <laughs> like you were the first one with like. That's you were the like, first dude, topic that we're gonna talk about. Yeah, you is were like, like you were like check this out, dude. <laughs> Frank Rizzo <laughs> and Saul Rosenberg. Yes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you were like, dude, check this shit out. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, the Jerky Boys, man. That, that was my brother-in-law and my sister played me that stuff when I was like in middle school going. I was like, "Wow, this is just this is the funniest thing I've ever seen or heard." Yeah, like, yeah. I can't believe it. I, this has to be made up. Right? It has to be. Right? Dude, you know, but guys, they're so good and the people are reacting. They're totally oh, It's legit. Bro, bro, those dudes there's I mean, it's, yeah, do you think? This uh those guys, the Jerky Boys did something that I mean, they tapped into that thing that everybody feels like everybody wants to like make something really funny. And when they did that, I mean, you you didn't get you, you could there was no internet back then. There was like a tape that mm-hmm. you got from a friend. And yep. that's how it operated. Yeah, that just just time. like uh, what's uh, who else? Adam Sandler had those funny albums. The what are they? Uh, uh, Dude, they're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah, and he did I remember that? And then Andrew Dice Clay. Dude, you know, he pushed Andrew Dice Clay really pushed like freedom of speech issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big yeah. time. I mean, time. people people love to hate him. Yeah, I right. feel like Jerky Boys fell into that same category. It's really interesting. Like, yeah. Huh. Then you got Crank Yankers. That was kind of a newer one. Have you seen this? Guy? Was that on Comedy Central? Yeah. 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 It, it was like puppet puppets, right? Like yeah. it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was puppets doing crank calls. Yeah. But it was really good. It's the same kind of thing, but just like visual with like. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's really funny, man. I saw a couple episodes of that. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Crank Yankers. That yeah. seems silly if I wouldn't, because I'm. It's everything on Comedy Central is like gold to me. I, I love that yeah. stuff. And Adult Swim now, you know. Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. It's genius. Yeah. Genius yep. level stuff. Yeah. Did you ever see the video uh, "Too Many Cooks"? No, too many cooks. Yeah, that's something. It's to check it's out. one video that that was made. And it was in the style of like a '90s family sitcom, mm-hmm. like it's the the entry credits, Whoa. you know, with the theme song. It's like too many cooks, but it keeps going. Too many cooks, oh, too dude, many cooks, too right. many cooks. And the, <laughs> the, the, the singers are awesome because they sound just like the '90s sitcom, like <laughs> like we're a perfect family, you know. It's it's so perfect, and and you know, yeah. If if you have, so I think you have yeah, seen it. No, then, yeah. now I haven't. But I didn't know what it was. I was like, why is this continually going? <laughs> what is going on? Anybody uh, listening to this right now, absolutely. If you have not seen the Too Many Cooks video, absolutely go and check it out. It's unbelievable. Geez. It goes in so many directions that it, you'll be like, what did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I wasted time or 
Well, you can go I down just, some I rabbit wanted, holes it's on, on the internet. You can go down some rabbit holes, man. There's one that's man. called. It's like, uh, "Don't touch me, I'm scared." Or I've never seen that, dude. It always it's it's puppets. I think it, I avoid things that are called "Don't touch me, I'm scared." Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's brilliant. But it's super deep and super dark. Like it starts off with puppets and they're cute, and then it's like little four minute, you know, uh, puppet videos, and they go off the fucking rails into like. <laughs> You know, dark cerebral thoughts. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad, really bad. The internet's got some stuff, man. Man, but I, they get millions of hits, millions yeah, of hits. Yeah, you know. I just wish these days I had more time to actually go down the rabbit hole. I just, I usually try to just skim the surface and be like, okay, back to work. But it's, yeah. you know, very yeah. soon I'll, I'll hopefully be able to give myself some, some time off. What's coming up for you? Well, right now I'm. Well, for those of you who, who I, I guess, should I talk about? My studio stuff. Do any, I mean, this is okay. we go in. This is Nap Town, okay. baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So across from Lemongrass and Metropolitan on West Street, um, for the last three and a half years, I've owned this place where I, I record and coach singers, uh, mostly kids. Um, definitely the the occasional adult. You know, my oldest student was about eighty. Whoa. But uh, yeah, my youngest students, I mean, have have gone as young as like five years old. Just general music, you know, movement and dancing and enjoying music. Just simple. Yeah. sessions with a kid who seems talented already but you know when it comes down to teaching vocal technique a five-year-old is obviously way too young for that yeah, right. but you know you could always get them in a habit of like you know good breathing yeah. understanding like how it can be relaxing and also right. energizing to breathe in a certain way yeah. you know without getting too like you know here let's have a five-year-old like belting you know right. <laughs> Whitney Houston songs and ruining their voice that young um, but uh so I, I own this voice studio. It's called Jeremy Ragsdale Voice Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, three and a half years I've been coaching singing. Uh, before that, I, I taught at Berklee College of Music in Boston um, in the voice department. And then before that, I taught at Towson University in the voice department. So I've been just teaching singing for ages and ages and ages. Um, and the next step for me is a website. Oh. I'm essentially going to... to make a membership website where people anywhere can sign up to get get instructional videos uh audio clips uh you know if they need to learn how to warm up or they need a voice to warm up with then they can listen to the recordings i have myself singing on some of the warm-up recordings i have you know girls in different voice parts singing the same warm-ups and different things and not only that you can warm up but there's also not just the what but the why which is like why you need to warm up a specific way based on what you're warming, what you're singing later. Yeah. So if yeah. you have a gig coming up where you're singing opera, you should probably be, you know, in a particular type of voice. Right. Using a particular type of style while you're warming up, so you're calibrating yourself for what's happening later on in the day. Um, wow. And so I work with a lot of pop singers, so I do, you know, it's I try to keep it pretty easy in the beginning. Yeah. But once you understand why you're warming up a particular way. You know, it makes it a lot easier to well, make yeah, your own warm-ups. Well, give, yeah, you know? give me an example for like a uh, like Allison Chains guy. You know, who's like, just uh, why would he? Why would he train a certain way? Well, it's always good to know the the physiology of what you're doing. Yeah. Like, it's always good to understand how you're actually making the sounds, uh-huh. so that you can learn to manipulate those sounds more efficiently. So it's it, it's not to turn you into a proper singer. Because I think that gets a bad rap. I think a lot of a lot of singers, who are who are kind of raw, yeah. like that they're raw, 
But then they also hit these pitfalls some days. Like, well, you know, I smoked two packs of cigarettes this morning. Like, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, you know, drank a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> like, why? I don't understand why my voice sounds so tired today. <laughs> like, right, you know, right, right. It's like, okay, well, um, yeah, yeah, vocal health is a thing. Um, you know, you could you could say you're a raw singer, but it's 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 one thing to be raw and educated to some degree, but then like raw and not quite as vocally educated can get you in trouble if you if you just want to trust your voice blindly. Right. You know, your voice is, is a it's a, a combination of, of muscles and and you know uh, you know ca- uh, cartilage and and other types of tissue that that just like the rest of your body. So you wouldn't just be like you know, like punching a wall constantly yeah. and then w- wondering why you can't, why it hurts when you shake people's hand the next okay. day. You know, it, it, you need to kind of know what your voice can take and what is actually working, you know, in your voice yeah. so that when you get, you know, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I, well, like, you I, want to be I, able to I know equate, the, I equate it to like, how your so like voice is working. Working out muscles or something. Exactly. Like it, it, it's right. It's, it's a conditionable thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, you condition wow. your muscles to work, and it's a combination of, of obviously like strengthening the fibers of your muscles, yeah. but also, you know, in repetition, your brain understands and and memorizes the technique of what th- what makes things come out the strongest or the, you know, the the way you've always wanted it to. Right. Um, that's that's basically what I talk about in a lot of my lessons. You know, how are you conditioning your voice to be? The, the strongest and, and most efficient that it can be. And Jeez. how does your brain tell your muscles to work? What's the what's the website? Do we, do the it? website is currently jeremyragsdale.com. Okay. Um, but down the road, down the road, uh, I've also, I own the, the domain singingsessions.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, that when the membership site launches, which shouldn't be longer than like two weeks from now. Okay. Um, it's it's probably going to be under singingsessions.com yeah. and there will be a link on jeremyragsdale.com to send you to singingsessions.com. That's what's up. Um, right. The membership will cost thirty bucks a month flat rate. Yeah. Um, there might be some premium things up. You know, once you get in, you know, if you want to get personalized, you know, if you want to send in a video yeah. to one of the voice teachers um, uh, about like, here's my recording. I, can you coach right. me or just give me some insight? Then you know, a, for an extra fee, I think like. A teacher well, will actually go through your recording, yeah. well, break down like, things into categories, and, and tell you. I mean, things. I went to I went to your sessions, and um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm not big on people like promoting products that aren't worth anything. Mm-hmm. But what you do, the information that you conveyed in an hour to me, just blew my mind. And I'm all caffeine, about, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, yeah. caffeine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that you know, this this. This session today is brought to you by Caffeine. Highly caffeinated 49 West Coffee. Is this 49 Coffee. West yeah, Coffee? Yeah, 49 West Coffee. Yes, yeah. 49 West Coffee. For sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, seriously, like the information that you have, the way that you talk about your voice, the way that you describe your physiology, to, like the way you talk to me, it helped me get a three-dimensional view of inside of me that mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never really thought about. Right. Curvature of my diaphragm, all that sort of stuff. It was really impactful. But did you feel like I turned you into a robot? Not at all. See, that's what's yeah. most important. Yeah. I want to. I want to tell every student how to know and understand their voice, yeah. how it how it physically is working. Yeah. Make them able to make certain sounds out of any song context, right. so that when they go into what they want to sing, whatever that is, if they're a songwriter, 
you know, any any rock vocalist, pop vocalist, country, you know, classical, they at least know they have the tools to understand like the base of what they're doing. So if their voice hurts, they can kind of say, okay, think back to the lesson, think back to that information. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I overused my voice yesterday, so my vocal cords are swollen. Right. That's why certain things are coming out like this right now. You know, it, that is very common. And so yeah. it's better to know than not to know. Who in, in your mind right now is really killing it, like as far as just breaking new ground as a singer? Oh, there. my God. Uh, to be honest, I don't have an answer about anybody current. Yeah. Nobody's really, nobody, you're like, you're like, I'm on this person. They are really doing something special. You know, there's a gospel singer from the South somewhere. Her name's uh, Callie Day. Mm-hmm. I think it's Calesta Day. Mm-hmm. And she was, I guess she works at a Target or, so, or a Walmart. I think she Whoa. works at a Walmart. Whoa. And she was, she, she just is always singing around the Walmart. And there was like a big document, like a, not a big one, but a short, short documentary commercial for Walmart that featured her and said, this is the kind of people that we have working at Walmart, <laughs> whatever your opinion of Walmart, you know, is, but yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But the, uh, <laughs> you go there too. but the, but the people who work there, you know, everybody just wants to make it in their lives, you know, and, yeah. and, and the best way to go about it is, is, uh, you know, is happy, man. You gotta stay happy. You gotta be, you gotta be right with your star player, you know, regardless. And, and she's a great example of that. Um, so she would just go around singing, and, and so there's there are videos of her. That, there's one video of her that went went viral. I forgot the song, but it's during a rehearsal, um, and it, it's it's like a rehearsal for some gospel show where like a bunch of people are singing different things, and it, it was just a, it's a really cool clip, and is really just very candid. You know, it wasn't like they were playing to the camera. I don't even know if they knew that the camera was mm-hmm. even on, and. She's saying, I, God, how do I describe this? I cried when I watched the video. Whoa. I cried. And I, I, I love that I can still get emotional when I listen to things yeah. to actually have an emotional response. You know, these days sometimes when I think about, because all day I talk about vocal technique, yeah. that sometimes it's, it's hard for me to step out of that box as a, as a teacher. Right. You know, and so so it was so uh, it, it meant a lot to me that I, I could listen to this. This woman it just embodied everything that I that I dream of being as a singer. And it's not all technical, but she had that too. Right. You know, she had the technique. But the beautiful thing about technique as far as being a trained singer is that even though there is a learning curve with understanding your voice, if you take your technique seriously, your ability to to emote through the song is it it's it, it can be extremely powerful. And so that video of her, it wasn't just like, oh, she has like great technique. No, I mean it, it was just there was like she she embodied like joy, fear, despair, love, trust, faith, like all these different values that I think like a, an absolutely top great singer should be able to have the wisdom to, to portray. 
that was that was um like to me I, I was just watching it and I, I couldn't I couldn't not feel something it was just like I like I knew her I know her if I ever met her I'd be like oh yeah I already I mean I know you and I love you you know what I mean it's like that kind of thing so that's that's uh Callie Day and that's that's the the one singer she's not famous I, I mean she's that video went viral and everybody was like check out this gospel singer are you kidding me like unbelievable she, she must have like a four or five octave range which is also extremely rare you know my range is limited at, at about like three octaves and change on a good day like I get you know maybe three and three and a half or something um, and most of the singers that I train some of them can expand past three octaves but I mean Mariah Carey at one point had I think a five or six octave range or something including the, the whistle tone area um, Bobby McFerrin has a pretty gigantic range uh, maybe four or five, you know, octaves, maybe six. I forgot. Um, but a, a lot of, to go full circle on your question, sorry, I just went on a rant, but um, I mean, that's why I thought she was great and it wasn't all technique. And and so that a lot of times my students will be so caught up in the technique that they lose the soul in what they're what they're doing in, in practice or in the rehearsals or in the, in the performances. And I'm like, man, you know, you just, you're not thinking about what the song's about now. You you keep the you work on your technique in the practice room, and then trusting that you've done enough to condition yourself as best you can for that particular thing, you move on once it's a performance. You let go, and you say, "All right, now I just need to try to apply while still trying to deliver a message to people, whether it's emotional, you know, like whether it's funny, sad, angry, you know, serious in any way, you know, it. You just gotta you just gotta deliver." Like we're friends, we we didn't see each other probably. It's it had been probably a good fifteen, and maybe longer than that, twenty years or something, maybe twenty years since we saw each other, and it didn't take long for us to like feel like time hadn't passed. Right. And and I think the the sign of a good singer is somebody who can make an audience feel like that even if they've never met you. Wow. You know, and so Callie Day, that was a great recording. But the the other singers who I feel were like the absolute. Um, Groundbreakers. I mean, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, going back into the you know old school jazz days. Um, the whole scat singing thing really, really changed. You know, I think the the it it put into like an instrumental way the 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 kind of like the the embellishments that came from Africa. You know, African Americans back like during slavery period, like the kind of embellishing that happened there. It was it was. It was uh, taken from that area and gone into and in, 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 like <laughs> improvised and applied to instrumental music. So it was kind of like this. And when swing was a thing, you don't know that's that was such a huge groundbreaker. Um, it, it really changed a lot of a lot of style going forward, and and set the stage for things like rock and roll. You know what we know as as R and B, like like original Motown and soul. Um, you know that it just that alone, Louis and Ella to me are just are are gold. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, there there are singers like I, I mentioned Bobby McFerrin earlier. Um, Donny Hathaway, Stevie Wonder, um, Layla Hathaway, Donny Hathaway's daughter. Mm -hmm. um, she won a Grammy a few years ago on a song called Something. Not it, it's actually called Something, not. <laughs> Song called something. Now, uh, a song called something that she recorded with Snarky Puppy, and 
it went absolutely viral. She won a Grammy for best R&B performance, I'm pretty sure, um, because she was able to do some, she was able to sing multiple notes at the same time wow. um, using some like throat singing technique. Yeah. And I mean, she's beyond incredible. She was also, she's also a Berkeley College of Music alum as I am, but I mean, she, being Donny Hathaway's daughter, I mean, that's just, that's, that's a royal family to be in anyway. Mm. Even if she didn't sing, she'd still be awesome, <laughs> you know, because she's in that family. But like, can I just rub a little bit of that? Yeah, that? exactly. <laughs> like, uh, I got to meet her once, like backstage at a thing we were doing, and it was like, I was just like, huh, you're awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, did, so you know, in your in your travels, uh, when you were doing, when it was American Idol, right? Oh, or doing American Idol. When did? I auditioned for American Idol once, but I mean, you did another like us. You you were part of a uh, it was was a big national singing competition, right? You won it, or you were in high school. Something or other. Like I remember, yeah, there was some big. My senior year of high school, I was in, uh, I was in the the Grammy, the two thousand year. God, I can't believe it's been that long already. It's been sixteen years, but um, I was in the the Grammy Foundation's uh, National Jazz Choir. It, if maybe that's what it, but it wasn't like a TV show. Uh, well, we heard about it. Everybody's like Jeremy Lang's dancing. Oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, the in in senior year of high school, yeah, it was. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's big. I mean, <laughs> it's too early for me to be modest here. Okay, yeah. I'm working really hard. No, it was it was it was really fun. It was it was a, a great opportunity. There were 12 people selected for this choir. Yeah. Um, three people to each voice part. I was I was. I think I was one of the tenors. Yeah, I was definitely one of the tenors, but I forgot which, if I was like the top or the middle voice tenor. But this was a, a choir that was auditioned across the country and also in Canada. Mm-hmm. I think there were like thousands of applicants, and somehow I got selected from like Arnold, Maryland to <laughs> be in this jazz choir. Uh, I guess because I could scat sing a little bit. I had listened to enough Ella at that point to be influenced. And my dad, being a jazz musician also, you know, I, I just grew up to a lot of jazz. So I think it just, it really came naturally to me. Yeah. Um, did you experience that level of emotion that you had for this, you know, what was her name? The, the Callie Day. Callie Day. Day. Yeah, did you have that kind of thing when you were around these big, big, big movers and shakers? Back then? Yeah. No. Isn't that weird? I, isn't you know, that weird that like when you're by yourself and you're just, you're like, oh my God. You know, it wasn't even that. I think I was just too young to get it. Uh, I think it was more just like a lack of, uh, there was just so much, so much happening like, I, I talk to my students about this all the time, and it, it also stems into, see, I don't want to keep on digressing, but but um, I think back to when I was a teenager, and everything was just mechanical. At, not just music, I just, it's, you know, your your whole life, especially, you know, being in, in public school, um, you know, the teachers' whole lives are devoted to making sure that you stay healthy, and happy and educated and so there's there's an element of you end up kind of without being careful as a student at that age like you end up getting very easily sheltered and kind of in this little bubble psychologically and mm-hmm. I, so i i was totally guilty of that you know i was just kind of eye, eye on the prize you know uh, you know practice your singing keep your head down practice piano you know just do the scales do everything learn your chest voice, learn your head voice, like technical stuff. And then also just with 
you know, study for this test, try to get an A, like, you know, whatever. It, I am happy that I was in an environment where people were like, if you work hard, it'll, you know, it'll pay off for you, you know, and, and you know, in some ways they were right, in some ways it was BS, and like some, you know, it's just all, it, it's what I was, but it, I feel like at that age it was really hard for me to get actually emotional over something because there was, there's almost kind of like an egotism that comes with teenage years that is not like an egotism in a, in a, in a bad, like rude asshole kind of way, you know, mm. it's, it's not like that, it's, it, it's, um, I feel more like that's, it, it's, it's required of us to be very self-centered in our teenage years while we're trying to find ourselves. And I regret now at 34 that I couldn't wake up from that earlier, yeah. but I did wake up from it eventually. Some you know? kids get it quick. Mm -hmm. So you can see them at like 16, they freaking. Yeah. And you know what the big definition is, is when you tell them something, if they say, I know, like if you're trying to give them instruction and they go, I know, I know. Oh, that's, I've gotten that's that. A, that's an instant like, it's, it's like an instant tell. It's like, like do okay, you know? Okay, then tell me. Right. Yeah. Right, right, and it, right. and I, I usually challenge them at that point. I have shame on you. Yeah. Turn that thing off. Yeah. This shame. thing's been buzzing in my pocket. Jesus. Well, I had it on it. silent. No, no, I had it on silent, but I forgot that I set it to like buzz on silent. Oh, okay. So it's off. Um. But yeah, like that's a, it's shame a big on tell. you. Shame on you. Um. <laughs> but it's a big tell, like when someone can't get into the student role because you know we're in life we're students and teachers and it's like yeah. know when and where to to be that yeah you know yeah. and then once you figure it out once you realize that like oh life is teaching me things mm -hmm. sometimes and it's putting in me in a position where i can teach right and when you find it you're like oh cool i'm learning something right yeah. now this is great and everything comes down to humility if you have if you are humble you can be amazing at something and still be humble and still be confident in the fact that you're an expert, yeah. you know, but not be thinking like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to teach because, you know, what, why would I teach? Yeah. I'm awesome at what I do. That's why you should teach. Well, that's like, the ego. You have, yeah. That's the ego. That's, I deal with that all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. people who are professionals are like, oh, you know, they're, they're too worried about like hurting a student, like, not hurting a student, but like, uh, like oh, I couldn't teach singing. Well, why not? You're a great singer. Like you yeah. must have great ideas. Oh yeah, but what if I what if I ruin their voice? It's like no, man, no. Yeah. You just talk from your perspective. No human being is ever going to willingly, like willfully, take information that they know is going to hurt them. If I taught a voice lesson to somebody and was like, okay, here, like here's a uh, here's some needles. Like swallow these. Right, that's a bad idea. Here's a bottle of Jack Daniels and a pack of cigarettes. Go ahead. No voice student is ever going to do that. Yeah. So if if they know that something that you've tried to get them to do is not feeling right, then as long as there's open communication between the teacher and the student, then you should be able to have the conversation of, okay, well, let's try this, let's try it at this angle. Like, you know, maybe when, you know, there, there's always a way that you can work with a student, you know, if, and it's not about you, it's about the student improving, mm -hmm. you know, and, and everybody wants to improve and they're going to do everything they can to improve if they care enough about what they're doing. Um, so the humility needs to be on both sides. It's, it's, I am very open with my students when I say that. Uh, I, I say to them very much in the beginning, I do not know everything. Right. And I will never claim to know everything. But every day I work with a student, I am both teaching and learning at the same time. You know, and after about a good 10 or 11 years now of doing this professionally, Yeah. You know, you, you get a new lesson every day, and you know everybody's on a different level of their path to becoming better for tomorrow.
I know that you're like that. <laughs> I know that you and I are both like that. We're kindred men. Yeah. And like us seeing each other again was like so serendipitous because I just every time we talk about stuff, yeah. it's always like the energy is always like, yep. <laughs> like I see you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Well, I think I think that's when they say um, you know, uh, uh, these hippies kind of bug me, but the word namaste. Uh-huh is a word that I think it's thrown around, but the definition is I see the divinity within you. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful, right? And that's how they say thank you. Like, I respect your power and the potential of the power that you will always be able to have in the future. (laughs) For sure. Wow. (laughs) That's a great... I didn't know that that was the the actual definition of Ah, namaste. That's dope. (laughs) That's great. The hippies fucking say it, and they try to get money for yoga class. But but the actual, you know, bare bones of it is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah. There's a bunch of good stuff out there. Yeah. Man, coffee. coffee. Mm. Brought to you by 49 West Coffee House, Wine Bar, and Gallery. Boom, Brian. At 49 West Street, Annapolis, Maryland, 21401. Dude, how cool is West Street now? I love West Street. Right? It got cool. I love that Art Farm opened up next door. Yeah. That's uh, Allison Harbaugh. Yeah, big shout out. Yeah. Yeah. She just did my videos um, for, for my new promo stuff that I'm doing from a studio. A lot of the, like some of the educational stuff I'm doing is like shot by, by, Dude, Harbaugh. Dude, I was just over there, and like she has like this big thing just filled with camera lenses, and it's fucking big. It's amazing, and right? Turn, and I'm like, look at those fucking. Gems. She's so serious. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they used to have a spot um, next to, oh, oh, Compass Rose Theater. Yeah. Next to the next to the. That's um, a bad location, dude. That, that, that whole bad that, like bad or bad no, no, like no, mm, no. It's just the building, mm. the way it's situated. Who's gonna pull over there? Oh, you going mean, around the, it's, it's very you out mean of like the compass way. rose in that whole space yeah it's, it's they, very out of the way there's enough open space there for them to Wait, for somebody to, to bankroll like a, a parking garage or something I'm thinking yeah. oh I'm, I'm thinking of the place right next to the grass right there's a, there's the car dealership and then there's a, uh, if you're coming around that circle see you know the, the purple letters compass rose Theater. That's it. Yeah, we're talking about the same yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, purple but, letters it's, it stands out with the purple letters because I'm a Ravens fan so it's ooh. cool you know like. When they're good, yeah, um. <laughs> I'm on board mm. when it's solid. Yeah, uh, but th- th- I, I think for um, any sort of, I mean, an art business is hard in general. Mm-hmm. You know, to get people to come by and to have something over there, it was just a bad location. But here, she is just that's a bl- that's a great yeah. place where she's perfect. At. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. There's great parking right across, you know, at the Whitmore Garage, and right. I mean it. It's it's what a great opportunity for them, and I, I, they're a great company. They work hard. Yeah. They they teach kids you know about uh, the same kind of values that I do about being fearless in what you love. Yeah. You know it helps build identity for that same reason. What we were talking about being a teenager, like still trying to find yourself. You know it's it, a lot of I'll, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this, if, the quickest way to find yourself is to just face every fear that you've ever had. Yeah, walk right into it. And walk right into it. Walk into the fire because no better time than in your teenage years to do it. Like, well, yeah. don't wait until you're 30. I'm still facing some fears now. I'm like, dang it. Like, you know, I could have figured this out about myself earlier. Like, I could be a Backstreet Boy, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. I could be Nick Lachey. You know, <laughs> I, I get, I, I go into those those head spaces mm-hmm. where like, man, like, I, I figured this out now, but if I would have done it back then. And, then. and then I remember that like, no, like, 
as I'm figuring it out now and I'm becoming better in myself, I'm making the world around me better. Yes. And so it's all good. Like, Namaste. day. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> happening in a great way. Like, yeah. And I probably wasn't fucking ready back then. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was dealing, I, I think I was conquering little things back then that, that were, you know, that have led up to this. So right, right. It would have been super cool, but maybe not. Right. Well, you know, the, there was something interesting about, <clears throat> like what we were talking about earlier, one of the, the common things that that I notice about kids and their individualism mm. is that sometimes when when kids go through anything that would be labeled as traumatic, regardless as regardless of if they, you know, it, if they view it themselves as traumatic, divorced parents is one of those things. Like, are you had yeah, your parents were divorced, right? Yeah. And so, so I think by going through things like that. You know whether it ends up being like, you know, right out the gate, like something is that makes you so distraught, and you're like, oh my god, you know, it it does kind of make you face yourself a lot earlier, which I think, in the grand scheme, is is a very very beautiful silver lining to a to an otherwise negative or perceived negative situation. Sometimes people getting divorced is a good thing. (laughs) I think uh, Louis C.K. said it best, like, no happy marriage has ever ended in divorce. Like, don't, (laughs) don't awe me. Like, (laughs) like, congratulate me. When people say they're getting divorced, I'm like, oh, well, congratulations. You know, (laughs) like, but, but things, when that happens to somebody, especially in their earlier age, like what I think, you know, elementary, middle school time, it does make you face kind of an understanding of, of the nature of people. Yeah. It helps you understand that, that people are not perfect, so you don't need to be scared of them. It's not. A, it's also not a safe world. Yeah. There, there are yeah. things that, that can get you. That's you know? a big deal. Yeah. That's a yeah. big deal. And especially when it comes to when I talk to people about stage fright, that a, a lot of times the kids who just don't have stage fright, yeah. not every time. I mean, sometimes kids have perfectly happy lives and they just are outgoing people and they just they believe in themselves because they were told to believe in themselves <laughs> you know but it, when it comes down to you kind of being on your own you know every the all-encompassing you um anybody t- t- taking it upon themselves to find themselves yeah. earlier is always better than later you know if you want to find out who you are what you love how what people expect of you or don't expect of you you know do it early don't do it later um a lot of times people will have stage fright because people have doted on them for so long that they worry about disappointing all these people. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me is like a major thing. So uh, how did I get, where, where did this start? How did I transfer off to this? Because this, I wanted to say it earlier and something you said kind of set me off um, into that because it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, any kind of traumatic thing earlier in life, yeah, it sucks. But if you can, if you can take it as a way not as an excuse for you to treat yourself like shit, right. but instead to to make something incredible of yourself because no one else is going to necessarily hold your hand, and you will realize that early on. Like you have a choice, mm-hmm. and people people will spend their whole lives mega depressed. You know, I mean, sometimes chemical depression is a totally different thing that you can't control, and that's a different thing. But like people will will either make a choice to make excuses about that one thing driving their life sucking. You know, but you don't have to do that. Like that's maybe in a way the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to you is the fact that you were set free from people, you know. Sure. Like and sure. so so my the reason I'm I'm talking about this so much is that my teaching and what I deal with on a regular basis on stage fright, people are scared to face 
like a, a large group of people because they're so hyper aware of not disappointing them if they make a mistake yeah. publicly that that they, they end up just you know yeah. they're paralyzed from it. And and so that that's a, a thing that I try to resolve quickly. Yeah. I say, what do you really think we expect of you? <laughs> You're fourteen. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, but I just I mean everybody says I'm so good. It's like that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean you're unable to make a mistake. Right. You know, that's that's you need to understand that we don't expect you to be perfect. We expect you to try. Wow. You know. And wow. even even at a, even if I say that to a 50-year-old, it still is valid, but it's, you know, I would rather get to somebody earlier than later. That's why I went from teaching in college to teaching younger kids because because they're the ones who actually need it. Once you're True. getting in college, you're already considering yourself a budding professional. You're already self-sustained. Yeah. yeah. We don't expect you to be perfect. We expect you to try. Not try to be perfect, but see perfect. Just try. Yeah. Just get the up there and try. I, the word perfect is unattainable. Like that, sure. That's an unattainable ideal that we set as a, as a society so, so that we could better ourselves and try to, try to, to you know, achieve that, that American exceptionalism, you know? Like, yeah. you know, and other countries do it too. There, there's a, a world concept of... Man, like it would be great to be perfect. I, I say this on one of my my audio clips on my website that's coming up. That you know, think of think of people, uh, think of like the the top rocket scientists that work for NASA. Mm-hmm. These are the people that we like. We look to, look to and say, wow, wow, genius, yeah, wow, like incredible. But we don't say, wow, perfect, because if it was perfect, the Challenger never would have been explo- or never would have exploded. Well, that you is know? that is the what is what is perfect about perfection is that you can't attain it. You can't, and it makes it so special. Yeah, because it's this thing that you can really get, you can really drill close to, mm-hmm. but you just can't get it. And because of that, it drives innovation, it creates yeah. detail, it creates just amazing things. Did you see Conor McGregor knock out uh, uh, Alvarez? No, Jesus, uh-uh. I mean, just perfect. Really perfect with the most pressure you could ever put on a person in the world the guy is in the pocket and clean and just four punch wow laid out a very very tough guy in front of the entire world on the biggest stage possible you know what did did you see any kind of interview from him afterwards oh yeah it's just conor mcgregor i mean just being as cocky as all hell but yeah yeah yeah, for sure you know but but is that kind of like a a persona like when he goes into you know do you think like when he goes into they say it is is that the thing that you went to last weekend in new york yeah madison Madison square Square? yeah and you and you brought the painting yeah that one oh nice man (laughs) oh that's who it was mcgregor yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh See this? It's UFC, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. see. I never, I never get a chance to watch that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's eventually I will. Eventually well, I will have more time to watch TV. So like, there's Art Farm. For please the, sign yeah. up for my website so I can have a day off, please. So there's please. there's there's Art Farm for kids uh, down the down mm-hmm. the road, but there's also I go to I train at a mixed martial arts gym, and there is children's programs there. Oh, where great. we teach children at very young ages how to wrestle, how to do jujitsu. Do you do some of the teaching? No, no, no. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Padawan, you know, but, but I, I'm there. It's my gym, you know, I'm there all the time. But yeah. when I'm, you know, when I'm there and I see these kids, I'm like, look at these little ninjas. They're mm. only eight, nine, ten, but they're figuring it out. Yeah. And they're figuring out the sort of skills that like build. It's a sort of confidence when you can walk around and you're not, you don't, you don't think you might be okay in a fist fight. You know, mm-hmm. you'll be pretty much okay with 95% of the people on the planet. Right. Like, Okay. And all you got to do is is yeah. understand that you will somewhere along the line make a mistake. 
Sure. But you you focus on your training. Just focus well, on energy you don't, between you, don't, you and yeah, the other person. You right? don't learn that that helps breathing. Being like, if, be if I'm parallels. calm and the other guy's calm, mm -hmm. there is a definite continuity uh, between that. There's something that is shared. Like if I'm really using all my force to try to push somebody down, um, it everything kind of goes to crap. But if I concentrate on my breathing and I'm here in the pocket, it's a very flu fluid or fluid motion. So, when you do when you're training yeah. in repetition, is it is it a lot of breathe, execute, breathe. No. Execute. It's just be in the forward. moment. It's just really stop trying to uh, do something else. Be calm. You know, um, like it's like if I were to go up to you right now and try to show you like a, like a move, mm -hmm. most likely the reaction that you would have is to tense up, and just that that tense, right? Just that right. you're burning calories. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of tensing up, if someone's on top of you, to be like, just whew. yeah, and and it's it's an unconscious consciousness. Right. And it's very cool. It's a very, very cool place to be. And you can see it with the top guys. They just, they're in this like, they're just in this place. It's like, and they're in the most extreme environment you could possibly be in because right. if you screw up, you're getting hit in the face or knocked out. Or yeah, one wrong move and you're out. Boom. Knocked out. Now how scary is that? You right. know? Yeah. But then the, the first things you probably learn doing that is how not to get knocked sure. the fuck out. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's like, Make sure this is always covered, like, you yeah, know, over yeah. here is, like, always... Keep your hands up. Keep, keep your heads up, yeah. yeah. Um, years and years wow. and years of practice go into it. And I think it's the same thing with anything. When you see somebody <laughs> that makes something, somebody... When somebody makes something look easy, mm -hmm. the mastery that's behind that, like, that's the mastery. It's like, wow, that guy makes that look easy. He, the hours that go into that are they're just to be respected. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing goes with those trained, amazing singers that you hear. Yeah. You know, I think that's why the, it, uh, when when people ask me about singing, I I know that there were like great interviews with with uh, with Bruce Lee mm -hmm. about kung fu. And and people were like, "How are you able to do those amazing things?" And he said something about, well, "It's not. I mean, you, yes, you train." But yeah. you have to understand people, and you have to have compassion. He was on and to, some to understand. Shit. But it's true. Yeah. It's exactly what you're talking you about. You ever heard though. that "be like water" thing? He's like, uh, you can pour water into a cup; it becomes a cup. Pour water into a teapot; it becomes a teapot. Water can be soft, or water can crash. Be like water, my friend. And it's just like Ooh. that's really good. It's deep as fuck. And he well, all of that Bruce stuff Lee, is so yeah, good when, when it comes to singing too. It's all kung fu, man. He's considered. It's he's considered a minor prophet. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, uh, they are prophets. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But not to be taken from that, but Bruce Lee is considered a minor prophet. Like, and he existed. He brought martial arts to the Western world. Right, like, right. Whew. I'm, I'm like, I, the stuff that you talk about with martial arts, Yeah. just, I don't well, think dude, you said dude, one thing that doesn't parallel. Dude, you're, you're, a, singing. you're a black belt singer. That's how I like to look at yeah, it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and when you're singing a duet... Obviously, you're not trying to like get any like defeat anybody. Yeah. That's the only difference. Is but maybe in a lot of ways, like martial arts isn't meant as a means of defeat, no. defeating somebody. You know, it's a it's a means of finding your own inner strength, outer strength, and then understanding energy between you and other people. And I think that you know, singing is all about that. If I'm singing with another person, you can't just be singing over them. Like this no. conversation, you know. Like it, you know that we we have a good back and forth, you yeah. know, 
like we listen to each other and we kind of interject but we back off and you know th things like that like sharing space understanding the flow of, of energy between you know any kind of musicians not just for singing but even if you're a sax player you're a drummer especially if you're a drummer you really need to you know kind of know when you're playing too loud or too much or yeah. you know you're kind of over playing over everybody you know but uh a lot of the the energy stuff that that bruce lee would always talk about and it, it, it it's it totally it totally transfers over and the 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 simplicity of those concepts are what i like to talk to my kids about you know what well, i'm so scared in front of this audience it's like well why you know why they don't they don't going yeah. back to the we don't expect perfection when, when you brought up um divorce you know and, and, yeah. and how that affects a kid mm -hmm. Something that it enabled me to do because I think a lot of young men who have a father figure, their dad is almost like he's almost like mythical. It's like here's my father. He's this character that is involved in my house, and everything he says is important. And yeah, I have to do what he says. And he's my dad, you mm -hmm. know. But when you don't have that, when you have boyfriends coming in and out, and then you have different, you know, father figures going in and out, what it enables you to do is to to see the father figure that could that can be found in everybody. Didn't your mom date Burt Reynolds? <laughs> My mom made out with Tom Selleck. Oh, Tom Selleck. <laughs> Tom Selleck. <laughs> and they have a picture together, dude. Like yeah. I remember that vividly downstairs in your basement. Yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. picture of your mom and Tom Selleck. That's right. Tom Selleck's the man, bro. <laughs> he is the man. <laughs> like, that's dude, come on. I'd be like, I'd be like, my parents got divorced, but hey, is, are you? Aren't you Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. So sorry, I didn't mean to like. That's what's interrupt. up. That's what's up, man. But yeah, you were saying no. So so when, when when there's no like strict father figure, but other other people are coming in, you were I did I think I interrupted you with the Tom Selleck thing. You were saying something about like how that can change your perspective about. Yeah, everybody they they become, they become, a big learning lesson. Like everybody becomes something that you can benefit from. And somebody has something to teach, mm -hmm. and um, that is the best to me. The best part of not having a father figure mm -hmm. around was that just there's just all these father figures. There's all these like, oh, learn from this guy. Don't do that. Do this. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's trying to help too when they see a kid. So, but you were like a good kid though, right? I mean, I remember you being, you know, you being kind of a troublemaker, but it wasn't like I don't think I got caught. I don't, yeah, but I don't think, you, I don't I, think, no, you, but I, I was definitely not like, there were kids, dude, in our neighborhood, there were kids, and I was aware of them. Yeah. Um, there were kids that were like breaking into houses at nighttime, stealing car keys, taking cars on joyrides, and then bringing the cars back. And going into the house and into the fucking embayment. Yes, dude. Dude, guys, we knew. Guys that we knew. There was, there, some of the. Oh my yeah, God, that is, is the crazy. most. Crazy. The audacity! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like just like, dude, we did that, you know. And, and then, wow, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> there was in in our little bubble of a neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, everything existed. It, it all came in, you know. It was it was it was kind of disguised. I mean, there was there was hard drugs. Mm -hmm. There was suicides. There was yep, uh, yep. there was the threat of of being beaten down by the older generation everywhere we look like people it's hard because because people look at like oh you had the first sega genesis right and arnold you had 
all you had you had a pool you had the golf course in your neighborhood but yeah. what we also had was fucking intense fear intense intense uh danger if if we messed up and, wow. and it, it it did exist in that in that little world just for some of us you know i mean a lot of people were super jealous of me mm. and be, my mom was like really awesome to me and, and mm. a lot of people took that out on me your mom was really cool she's fucking cool as shit yeah <laughs> Yeah, she was really you gotta tell her I said what's up. That's cool. Oh, she'll see this stuff. Nice. Yeah. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm bald now. Yeah. Look. It was inevitable. You saw my dad. Yeah. Yeah. They used to show me pictures of my grandpa. You know, my uncle would be like, "It's coming, dude. It's coming." Yeah. Like, yeah. We both ended up bald. How yeah. crazy! Like. That's what happens. Wow. Man. man. But. Huh. But, but yeah, like there was real. I mean, like I'm like uh, like 14. Like LSD was floating around. L- how uh, I'm doing LSD I'm really psyched that I was kind of clueless. Yeah, I was like at home practicing. Like you were you were like super studious, and it has paid off. <laughs> yeah, but nobody ever invited me to the parties. Like all my friends that had parties, they were like, oh yeah, like I'd find out on Monday, like yeah. at school. It's like, oh yeah, we had this crazy party. It was awesome. I was like, dude, yeah, I was free on Friday. Yeah. Well, we weren't necessarily invited either. The older kids you just show up. Yeah, the older kids know? threw the parties. Like there was a party house down the way, because this one family owned some restaurants and they were always gone. Yeah. And because they, like, we we all know them. They're all here. They're like right down the street. But mm-hmm. because they were gone, that house became the party house, and people were like breaking into that house and throwing parties. Even. What? Yes, this is in Bay Hills. Like that was happening. Oh, man, yeah. That is crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. the, that party scene happened, and a lot of guys after I joined the military, you know, um, I found out you know a couple of them died. And it was just they went down the bad road. You know? Yeah, and that's see that's like the whole thing. It's like if it, if you're left with yourself, yeah. I mean, it is. It's a dangerous choice. Like, it, and the, you know, who knows? I'm not a, psycho- a psychologist or any kind of trained, you know, like psychiatric or psychological like professional. But I think after teaching for so long, you start seeing patterns that you can kind of put two and two together in certain ways. And, you know, I, I think there's probably some of it's, uh, uh, what's, what's it called, uh, uh, nature and some of it's nurture. Yeah. You know, like if, if you have alcoholism in your family, you know, it's very easy to, to find yourself like escaping certain things that don't go right with, with either alcohol or, or other substances, things like that. And man, I love to have, you know, my... my you know, vodka, ta- vodka sodas, you know, like I, you know, little tequila here and there and a couple glasses of wine here, you know, but uh, my parents, my whole life, ever since like I was, I was in college, they were just like, just, Be careful. we have to kind of keep yeah. ourselves in check because sometimes we can have a couple too many and, and, you know, it's not like we turn into assholes, but it's, you know, we just, yeah. you just want to be careful. Just know that it's, it's above us too. And like our, the other generations above us and, you know, well, back then, it could man, be back in like the turn of the century. There was, uh, you know, marijuana that's been around forever, alcohol, but there, I don't think marijuana is not a drug. You know, the opiates were there. Uh, there was that, but but I think like alcohol, like when you look at the the pictures of back then, like people were just like drinking a lot. Yeah. There was a just. It's because the government tried to tried to make it illegal. Block it. Yeah. yeah. There's that. There's that. It's the same sure. thing with with weed, man. Like, it, yeah. That's why everybody's like, it's oh man, like let's smoke weed because like. You know, we're not allowed to smoke it. Yeah, you know? yeah, like that's just legalized weed, man. Legalized. Like nobody will, nobody will even want to smoke weed anymore. Jeez. Like, 
You want to you want to stop people getting like weed arrests? Like, well, first of all, stop arresting like people that are smoking weed. But God. but yeah, the, <laughs> how criminal. We're getting we're getting political here now. First, we're criminal. talking about vocal lessons, and now I'll go there, man. But yeah, no, uh, yeah. I just I'm a yeah. absolutely. I do not mind going on record and saying yeah. yeah. If I run for president one day, just understand. You know, <laughs> I hope that marijuana will be completely, you know, le- like the legalization concept. It's that gross. legislation will be yeah. left to the states. Well, and, it's, it's gross that we have you know, people like no you and me, non-violent uh, offenders, mm-hmm. filling up private prisons. That is, yeah. that's gross. Yeah. I can't smoke weed. Just that's another thing for the record. Like I, I am pro weed, but I can't. Oh, darn <laughs> it actually messes with with you, you know. Eat it. I could eat it, I guess, yeah. but then I'd start. Yeah, I don't know. You know I what? Have, though, right now, really, I have too much work to do. I'm like really always like working good. on my next my, my next audio clip or my next video or my teaching the next lesson. It's or not playing piano good. at Mastro's or something. You know, it doesn't it doesn't help with productivity. I don't I would, think it I would does suck at all. if yeah. I were stoned at work. I would just yeah. I would be the worst teacher. I would just be like, hey, yeah, all right, you're gonna sound really great on that high C if you just eat a couple of these chips. Yeah. you know, like yeah. that. That's who wants a teacher like that. Like, well, because uh, you said that we can that tell. That sounded so be, funny. Because uh, you said that we can tell you you don't do weed. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'll I'll take two marijuanas, please. I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> this man was arrested for shooting two marijuanas. Yeah. Direct into the bloodstream. But it's it's super. No, I have smoked weed. Yeah. I just you know I've, like a ton of it, but like in college and stuff, I went to Berkeley. Everybody smokes weed, but once I got older, it was like it just you know I can't have my throat get burned right. out. Or I just don't want my brain to start stop remembering how to tell my throat to work, you know. That's those are the two things that keep me from doing it. Otherwise, I totally think it has made me feel less anxious before. Yeah. Like it has helped me sleep better, you know. Um, so yeah, I would be open to like if I had a vacation, eating right. like chocolates or whatever. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Um, I anyway. think, you know, what happened with me when I'm is, is I'll turn to it. It'll just become like a daily thing. It'll be like, you know, and, and I'll go through months where I'm just smoking weed every day and I'm doing my thing. And, and most people don't know, but I know, yeah. you know, and I know and and I'm using it in this way where I'm just always stoned. And then w- when I look at my work, I never have that that samurai sword polished feeling like i always mm. feel like it's just a little bit blurry it's, there's always no aha no the, no eureka well, no, the, the, like. the, the eureka is there but it's like mm. it's 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 augmented because it's not it's it's just not pure right and um I, so i see it as something where it's like you know use it every now and then back off it you know yeah you know don't be just don't be 100 percent always stoned yeah use it for what it's worth like you don't yeah. want to just be drinking all, drinking alcohol all day, like yeah, you know, just but also just, don't put so, so much people out on the street randomly for yeah, no reason. Like don't put so much importance all, all on it to where you're always uh, beating yourself up either, because yeah. that's just as that's just as bad. Well, when I was when I was in college, especially like during summer breaks and stuff, I barely had any responsibilities compared to now. And it's like I would smoke way more weed during the summer. I think that's kind of normal. I think everybody kind of sure, smokes more weed during yeah. the summer. Um, but I would start like waking up. And not just just not wanting to do anything. Yeah. You know, like I granted I definitely have ADHD. I'm I go to a doctor for it, like Adderall prescribed, you know. And it's helped me with my focus and my general flow of energy throughout the day. Yeah. Um but I'm almost fairly certain and it's not like I could actually say this with any kind of background, like educated background on this, but yeah. you know, that probably didn't help that part of me that like made it difficult to wake up in the morning and focus and just get 
up and start doing work. Yeah. You know, I would. Well, just, it's, Adderall's methamphetamine. It's it's a. It's I don't a, know if it's a methamphetamine. I think it, it's a. It's just it's an amphetamine amp- salt. I think okay. meth, methamphetamine is a. Well, I, it's it's pretty damn. It's close. in the family. It's in the. But I think there's family. a difference. Yeah, I don't want to be saying I'm taking a meth. You no, know, but, well, meth. you're not. You're not. You're not smoking rocks. All right. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, yeah. At the same time, it's a. Come, come to me for voice lessons. Yeah. It, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's drinking <laughs> coffee, you know. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're tapping into your own physiology. You're, you're right. figuring out what works for you. Right. Um, I think uh, a nice balance with physical fitness also helps. Agreed. You know, because you're sore, and then you wake up, and you got to fight through that, and then you. I walked here, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. I didn't drive here. I walked here. Yeah. Walk everywhere. Take yeah. the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, get the body moving. Turn well, it on. Get into that 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 headspace where like your blood is flowing and and you have to push through that wall of I don't want to be here. Yep. And you get by that and then you discover these like you can unlock doors. Right. In the mind, just right. like you can take a substance that'll also unlock doors. Yeah. You can you can make it happen uh, through a dedicated practice of stretching and being quiet. Yep. And drinking water. Get your drink wa- a drink lot water. of water. Yeah. No matter what, you know, I'm sure it's the same thing with MMA. Yeah. You know, definitely the same with singing. Like a lot of kids are just like every week coming in, oh, I'm, I'm sick or I have allergies or I'm stuffy or whatever. It's like, do you, are you drinking a lot of water? Uh, it's yeah. boring to drink water. I, I want to drink soda. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, you're doing it to yourself. Don't complain to me. You yeah. know what you need to do. If you're a lot of times uh, depression, anxiety, a lot of these things that ail us are signs of dehydration. Is that true? Oh, yeah. It's a Lou Gehrig's disease is a dehydration, long term dehydration thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't. I don't know if Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh. Is. I just know like just having well, depression, ALS, yeah, yeah, anxiety, depression, yeah, um, these sorts of things. A lot of those are are, are uh, related to dehydration. I would not be shocked, right? Mm-hmm. The, the entire country, you know, yeah. would not we be drink shocked. more soda uh, than than I think anybody on the planet, right? Yeah, I mean, because we McDonald's large sodas are like a gallon sure. of soda. Did yeah. you ever see Super Size Me? Yeah, heavy. Oh my God, heavy. Yeah. Now, when I was driving around for work, um, I ate fast food a lot mm-hmm. because it's drugs. Like, tell me yeah. when you get when you. Oh eat, no, there's no doubt, bro. It's drugs. You're I've like, never been so like. <laughs> when something does that to you, there's a, there's a combination of chemicals <laughs> that they just haven't yeah. like out outed to the public. That they're yeah they're, they're and it, that that chemical also exists in Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, high fructose corn syrup. Like, is that what it is though? Because that is, is that what our brain is going like. I'm pretty sure, Much, like must when have you, this constantly. When you, do, when you do cocaine, and then when you do uh, high fructose corn syrup, when they put when they put people in like a CT scan, the same part of the brain goes you off. You can see the whole thing puts light up, you know. And then Dude. you get the big insulin spike that puts you down, and 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 that's also very comforting, right? Because I know, like, if I'm having a bad day, and then I get a fucking Big Mac, and I get the fries, and it's like, you feel great for about five minutes, okay. and then after that, it's like, yeah, and you're like, I know I did something bad. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now we're like 34, 35, you know. Like that's, that's drugs. It doesn't get any easier for us the older we're getting. <laughs> no, no. Like, it gets clearer. I love that I talk like I'm 60. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah 34 years old. I, I find myself like making noise. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Oh, yeah, I'm creaky now. Yeah, man. yeah. But yeah. I'm, also, I'm also better than I've ever been, mm. which is crazy. Like, even when, when I had youth, I was just so unaware of, my, my body, I was so awkward. Now I'm, I mean, every day I'm finding different things that, that I can whittle away at and perfect. And it's, it's, 
it's so much more rewarding now than it was back then. Right. It's just, well, we we yeah. had the we had the arrogance of youth. Yeah. We had that that we're in that invincibility. I wasn't happy back at all. I was, but you still felt invincible to a certain degree. Probably physically invincible. Well, they, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Ritalin and Adderall. Uh, oh really? They, yeah, they fucking gave that shit to me real quick. Cause like, really? Yeah, cause like I was. Uh, when I, when we hung out back in the day? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, ever since I was like a little kid, cause they were like really all about, uh, you know, wanting kids to do certain things in class. And I feel and like back then that wouldn't have been like dude, studied enough to actually know if that was good for. I don't. I I, a, a I definitely feel like brain, I was like, I was a I was a part of just sort of like, yeah, this will probably work quite. But the reason it man. keeps kids quiet, cause me, I would take over a class. Mm-hmm. I would just. I, you know, if the teacher was weak, I would just, I'd take over. See, that's like, you should, you, they should have, instead of giving you a drug to try to calm that down, they should have brought you, put you in a school where that would be awesome. Yeah. Where well, everybody, the whole education would just be a big discussion with a bunch of ADHD individuals. Yeah. Like, well, they didn't. They, you know? and I ended up on an aircraft carrier and, I, dude, I almost started a mutiny one time. Because you joined the military, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. But, uh. You, you almost started a mutiny. Yeah. It came close. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you are a, a free man. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm glad that we're we're out in freedom. Like that's that's crazy. But, uh, it was wild. Wow. Uh, oh my god. But the reason the reason Ritalin worked um, is because it put me in such a hyper focused, anxious state that I, I shut up, and yeah. and then I would just draw. I would just yep. like. And then what they did, they let me have the desk. They would just be like, okay, you can just draw on the desk mm-hmm. and then wipe it off after class. Because right. I wouldn't fucking pay attention. I didn't study for any tests, but I would pass them, you know, because I figured out how to cheat. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the answers are like this, and this is an A test, and that's a B test. And both of them, I don't even have to study for the test. I'll just go this way. And See, the fact that you can see those patterns are, are yeah. those aren't, see, those aren't things, that's, that's when you were not on the medication or when you were? I don't, yeah, I was on it when I was on it, but uh, yeah, I, I was on it for till like ninth grade, and then once I got a car, fucking see you later. Yeah, you weren't holding me in any sort of school situation. I was. <laughs> you were out, yeah. <laughs> I was gone, dude. But see that, but that's the thing. Like yeah, you, I'll you, see you later. but you. So you have the brain of a leader, though. That's that. You 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 have you've always had strong convictions, and you you believe in what you believe in, and and. So I wonder if, if some of that, and not like we don't have to have a big psychological discussion, but like, yeah. you know, that kind of that that exactly what I was talking about. Some of my voice students who who seem to be the most outgoing have something that's been going on, you know, not all, every single one, no. but like something that they had to deal with earlier that kind of kind of it was their red pill. Yeah. Yeah. It's the red pill that Neo took. Right. Yeah, that helped him see the pill. Matrix for what it really was. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the red pill. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, so sometimes the, the the crap that happens in the past can be your red pill into understanding the actual truth of people, and and it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, hold any harbor any resentment for people. It's I think the the most beautiful thing that I ever realized was that people by nature are selfish, and they're they're not rude selfish, they're not asshole selfish. But we all have to look out for ourselves. Like if I tried to punch you, they're not just gonna let me punch you. Yeah. You know. But it, it happens in, in, in relationships, like the way that, that you build friendships. You have to understand people to really build compassion for them. Like I sing for people because it makes them feel good. Right. And I love that. I love that I can help people in a way. But I know that 
people need to feel good. I need to feel good too. So I go and see concerts or I listen to that Cali Day record or, or that recording um, or I whatever, have a beer because it tastes good or, you know, whatever. Um, we all have to look out for ourselves and that's what life really is. Um, I think that some of the things that when, when singers go out into audiences and they, they're nervous when they're singing in front of an audience, uh, some of the stuff that blocks them from expressing themselves is is this this false what's it called a, a a distortion a cognitive distortion I think that they they look at the audience as if they're all perfect and the audience can somehow read their mind and this audience expects them to be amazing and you're you know like you're if you're like a fourteen year old or fifteen year old you know yeah. um, they picture this they idealize the the audience too much instead of saying I'm just here to help these people feel good you know and and in relationships like when you're dating people or if you're you know a lot of times in our youth we'll look at people that we're dating as if like this is a perfect person oh sorry I just this is your perfect that pop protector in there sorry 40k or 40 40 uh, hertz hi Um, but uh, we we look at these significant others as perfect people and so what what ends up happening is the the first time we ever get our hearts broken it's because you know these people weren't as perfect as we we hoped they'd be wow because we were kind of doted over so much and so i think there's there's stage fright that goes into to actual interpersonal relationships just as much as you know singing for an audience when i sing i try to make a relationship with those that audience based on trust and you can't trust an audience unless you actually know what they expect of you or what you should expect of them, you know. Um, hopefully, that makes sense. What I'm describing, like. Well, I'm, I'm a freestyle yeah. hip hop artist, and yeah, I spend a lot of time putting myself out there in the most uh, vulnerable way possible, which is to me, which is you know just making something up on the spot, mm-hmm. and I've train wrecked it in front of you know that classic Eight Mile movie experience, like mm-hmm. in front of like 300 people, yeah. and just. Wow. Bombed, you know. And but you have to. You got to go through it. And you got to know gotta what they the actually feeling. perceived as a bomb. The, the people want, but the people, they, they, mm. the way I see it is not like I'm there to give them pleasure or anything. What I'm doing when I'm on stage is I'm taking all of the attention energy. Mm-hmm. I'm taking all that attention and I'm putting it on me and I can hold it. I can literally feel it. It's palpable. Like right. my emotional barometer has a way of knowing if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And if I can hold that little bit, I can hold their attention and I can give them something. And we're actually sharing something together. We're, we're me, the DJ, you, we're all in this thing together. Yeah. And I'm just holding that space for that moment. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself, though, man. Well, it's, it's, but the thing is, it's not like, pressure. It's like the, the, the nervousness. Here's what the nervousness is, is about. Yeah. Life only happens in the present moment. Yeah. Life has only happened right now in this right. moment. Right, right. When I'm thinking about what's going to happen in five minutes, mm-hmm. I'm creating anxiety. Oh, yeah. When I'm thinking about yeah. the past, what I should have done, I'm creating regret. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling myself out from this perfect moment, which is now, and this perfect moment. I like that. That's if I was, yeah, if yeah. I was sitting in this perfect moment in front of 300 people and I just came back to this moment and just stayed there in my focus, I fucking blow the doors off. Right. And it's dope as shit. And people yeah, love don't worry be, about yeah. the future. Don't yeah. worry about the past. But just the, be here. But the five now. minutes before you get on stage, 
I mean, that is a mastery in itself mm -hmm. to just take that nervousness and, and shoot yeah. it away. There's nothing you can do about how you are right thing, now. Yeah. And the well, worst thing you can, can do, do is get drunk. The worst thing you can do before the, you know, the oh, nervousness. before a performance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have a couple of drinks because you're sloppy. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. You're not sharp. You're right. not sharp. And, 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 and nobody – like, see, I mean, I've gone up there. Nobody wants to see a sloppy guy. No. It's just like, oh, look at this dude. Same thing with drinking. me and my piano gig. Like when I play and sing at, yeah. at Masters in D.C. Like yeah. that's it. – Be sharp. Yeah. Have drinks People will offer me – yeah, people will offer me a drink and I'll be like, it's like 6.30. I, you know I, I just do? got started. You know what you I'll know? do? I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get a, a beer. Mm -hmm. I'll empty it. I'll put water in it. Oh, nice. And then so I'm just sipping on – I'm just sipping water. But yeah. we're because, – because liquid – is the social lubricant, right. and it it can be pineapple juice, mm -hmm. it can be whatever. It doesn't, but it's just we're sipping on something, right. we're sharing that moment. Um, whereas if I don't do anything, if I don't, if I'm not drinking anything, mm -hmm. there's some disconnect, right? And and that's what you that's know, very interesting. Yeah. I like what you're talking about right now. It's like, I and and the thing is, like once you, once you, um, y you know, if if you want to be the, I guess it's it's interesting. P people talk about alphas. In any social setting, there's always yeah. an alpha. And for me, when I'm singing, or if you're rapping, if you're on anybody who's on the microphone and is the focus of that particular moment, is by nature the alpha of, of the room. You yeah. know? Uh, but you're saying like you're not going to truly be an effective alpha. Like the best kind of alphas are the ones who can alphaize others. You know. Yeah. Sure. Um, that's why I teach. Yeah. Is I, I I will be an alpha as long as I am helping others become an alpha. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't find myself an alpha 24/7. But when I'm teaching, my my job is to lift them up, well, hold, not to lift myself up. Hold you know? the space when it's your turn, and let it go when it's not. Yeah. And everybody share it, and we all pull each other up, and it's amazing to watch. Right. And you gotta and you gotta take care of your, your yourself, like you're saying. Don't be drunk when you're performing, or don't, or when oh, you're teaching, yeah. or anything. It's like that's just it's silly. Like you don't want to be any less of a role model for your yeah. not for like if, if if in my case when I'm teaching. Yeah. You know, I guess if like if I want to have like a beer. You know, and it and it's still it's it's handling in my system. You know, like I can handle that beer without feeling any any effects of it. Like in an hour, I think it's usually depending on your body type. You can have a certain well, you amount know, of alcohol you and, know and your process it. Limit. You yeah, know your damn you know. Limit. <laughs> I think any, anything. I'm not. This isn't like a you know a public service announcement. Never to ever have a beer when you're singing. Yeah. But but it, yeah, I mean there are there are vocal health issues with, with drinking alcohol. It can dry out your vocal cords. It can dry you out and dehy dehydrate you if you're if you're not drinking enough water. or Hydrating, but um, no. The, the, my thing is yeah. know know your limit. Mm -hmm. Handle your drugs. Handle your your booze. If yeah. you're going to be in the creative world, you're going to be brushing up against the underworld. That's you're going to be absolutely right. It's, if yeah. you want to be involved in <laughs> underworld, it, dude, for real, dude. When, and when I'm at jujitsu, <laughs> I'm hanging out with FBI agents, cops, mixed martial artists. You know, when I'm around paintings, I'm yeah. hanging out with fucking drug dealers. Yep. Gangsters, yeah. like you see mm -hmm. everybody if you choose to be yeah. truly creative, and it's your choice to yeah. go down any any road. It's it's it, yeah. whatever you want to do. So yeah. handle your handle your business, son. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and don't so, yeah. Do what makes you happy and what makes other people happy. Like I I just honestly I the, when I decided to 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 help other people, I'd never been more happy. Like, yeah. When I opened my voice studio three and a half years ago, it was yeah. it was the time that I was like, oh God, like. Well, the, I'm you know not doing Ram stuff Dasa? for myself anymore. You know, yeah. you know Ram Dass. You ever heard Ram Dass? Ram Dass. 
Ramdas? R A M D A S? Yeah, his name was Richard Alpert. He was a doctor, a psychologist. He was one of the, the psychonauts. He went out there with the. They experimented with LSD and Tim Leary and just oh. opened up like the whole renaissance of, of hallucinogenic drugs. Anyway, as a as a psychological medium, like yeah. as a, as a way to. to yeah, as so therapy. It's therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. so his name is Ram Das now. Like after, he's, he's big. A lot of people know him. But he had a he had a guru type character, and the guru character said, "If you're seeking enlightenment, help people and clothe people." Wow. You know, it's not you I don't go buy it. You don't go. You, you be yeah. of service. Be of service. service to other people. Yeah. To see, you know, and that's that feels the that's, good. A, that's how to make a big a good business. Yeah. You know, you don't want to just be like the company that just callously says, "Give us your money, and we'll give you the service." Yeah. It's like no, the, the best companies that I see are the ones that like. We truly actually want to hear your input on how we're running our business. Yeah. Are you happy because we're here? That's yeah. what I do for JRVS. Like it's the future you know. right now because we're seeing the failure of these old business models because mm -hmm. they're not because the internet is displacing the the entire mm -hmm. economy. All the bullshit artists will come to light. Yeah, all that crap. So it's not yeah. working. But what is what is working is stuff like you your business where you're providing a legitimate service that and is, organic. You know? right. Yeah, it's it's something new, but it's also something old, and it's yeah. is is it required? What the the big thing to ask is what do the people need? Yeah, and and yes, I mean the biggest money makers are, you know, food, yeah. clothing, shelter, like yeah. all the actual human needs that we need to you know to be healthy and alive and yeah. walk the earth without you know, you right. know, starving yeah. to death or <laughs> freezing to death or. You know, all those things are obviously going to be like houses are so expensive because we all need to live somewhere or mm -hmm. rent a place or mm -hmm. have somewhere to live, you know. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's it's interesting that I'm running a business on a thing that's that's not really a required commodity. Uh, you know, we do need art in our lives, yeah. even though, you know, there are still forces in like the uh, American educational system that may disagree and you know, drop funding for arts programs, that's a whole other thing. But like, you know, even though that kind of makes us kind of get nauseous when we think about that, like music programs getting cut, like we do need art in our lives. We do need some sort of enjoyment. Otherwise, why would we, like, yes, the, the world can be kind of an ugly place. There's war, there's death, there's starving people all over the place. And, and yes, we should do everything we can to help somehow. If we have the, the ability, the talent, you know, we should help however we can. Um, but in, in the grand scheme of things, of actual human physical need, voice lessons aren't one of them, you know? So, so the fact that I can provide not just the value of your singing, but also the, the value of, look how many cool people you're getting to meet. I'm helping kids network with other, with other people. <clears throat> so, so running a business that's not a, a, a basic human need it requires that the values are a little bit more spread out. You know, food companies will just be like, food, eat. Yeah. That's the value. Well, dude, you know? dude, you look good doing it. Uh, what's your address? Where can people find you? Well, the, I think the easiest way would be to contact either myself or my assistant, whose name is Daniela Marciano. Uh, she's amazing. And, uh, the email address is jrvsnaptown at gmail.com and the studio is called JRVS which stands for Jeremy Ragsdale Voice Studio. It is located at 162 West Street. It's on the ground floor. It's got tinted windows and like white JR logos on each side. 
Um, the website is currently jeremyragsdale.com. You can also visit singingsessions.com uh, if you want to find our, currently it's, it's our Facebook page, um, but it will soon be the educational, instructional uh, website that, that really it's only going to cost about 30 bucks a month to be have access to a, a bunch of really, really helpful tools if you're auditioning for things, if you've never had vocal training, if you're a kid whose parents are really busy, they can't get you to voice lessons once a week, you know, just sign on to this website and see if, uh, see if the information that I give you or the other teachers give you on the site will help you. That's, that's what I'm hoping, you know? It's been a super big pleasure. Uh, Likewise, let's, let's Jason. Thank again, you, man. I would love again, to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anytime sure. you have a cool topic you want to talk about. And thank you for letting me spew these weird ideas, like these kind of crazy ideas about, about singing and, <laughs> and teaching singing and, and all your, your MMA and, and lifelong psychological things. And it's, it's just been a really great conversation. So thank you. Man. No problem. Namaste, my friend. Yes. Namaste. Namaste. Yeah, man. Bye-bye, Internet. See you guys. Thanks a lot. Peace. <laughs> All right, now this is the part.